ان الحمد لله الذي نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان محمدا عبد الله ورسوله اصله الله تعالى بالهدى ودين الحق ليظهره على الدين كله وكفى بالله شهيدا فصلى الله عليه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وان شر الامور محدثاتها وان كل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار قال الله عز وجل في كتابه الكريم بعد ان اقول اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم ولا تصعر خدك للناس ولا تمشي في الارض مرحا ان الله لا يحب كل مختال فخور وبشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من لساني يفقهوا قولي اللهم ثبتنا عند الموت بلا اله الا الله اللهم اجعلنا من الذين امنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر امين يا رب العالمين Once again everyone assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh and uh, this week I will be speaking with you continuing the conversation from last time ayah number 18 of surah luqman the advice a father is giving to his son uh, the first part of that advice for the most part I spoke to you about wala tusa'ir khadaka linnas don't turn your cheek away from people meaning don't turn your face from people and we tried to analyze what the implications of that phrase could be there's one thing I left out that I realized I should have mentioned last time So I'll start with that and we'll pick up on uh, the remainder of that ayah and hopefully cover that today. So turning away from someone uh the ayah did not specify the reasons for it. This is an important observation. So Allah did not say don't turn your face away from people out of arrogance or don't turn your face away from people out of you know pride, anger, arrogance or dismissal whatever else, right? So There could be a multitude of circumstances and any number of reasons where a person might feel they're justified in acting a certain way towards somebody else and they can tell themselves we're very good at rationalizing our own behavior. So if I do something terrible, I can say yeah, I know that's terrible, but and then we ha- I have a set of excuses for myself that justify what I did. So even though I know it's bad, I can tell myself it's not that bad, right? So what Allah did here is He didn't give the, the the bad reasoning because then somebody can even tell themselves, well, I didn't do it for that reason, therefore it's not that bad. Right? So he kind of made it a blanket statement of not turning away. Now, one of its manifestations that I think we should think about, uh, really seriously think about is um there's this there's this notion in um in the Quran about making someone feel worthless. Uh making someone feel not worthy of even a conversation making someone feel little to make someone feel little and actually the the concept of being little and being humiliated are associated with each other so saghar in the quran which comes from the word saghir saghir is small saghar is actually humiliation and when the devil was being removed from the company of allah and the angels and all of that when he was being expelled allah told him innaka min as-saghirin you are from those that are small In other words you're humiliated and you're insignificant you're being made insignificant now how do you make somebody feel small you know you and I can be in a difficult conversation and 
or you know, or somebody says something we didn't want to we didn't want to hear, or you hear something outrageous, and it, you know, you want to give a response, and you decide not to give a response. You decide to just stay quiet, right? That's a good thing. Instead of being impulsive and exploding on somebody and putting them in your mind, putting them in their place, or giving them a zinger right back. Oh yeah, if you can say that, I can say ten more things to you, or I can raise my voice. We've already studied in the Quran that's actually coming to lower your voice, right? So, and الجاهلين, ignore people that are being outrageous. That's there too. But being silent when somebody's being erratic, when somebody's being outrageous, that's something else. This ayah is about something else. This ayah can also apply in, in us doing something wrong. When somebody's talking to you, one way you can avoid dealing with something is somebody comes and talks to you, hey, I need to, I need to talk to you about what happened last week. Or I need to bring up that issue with you. And you say, I don't have time for this. Don't bring it up. No, I'm not going to deal with it. Don't waste my time. Oh, not that again. <laughs> One way or the other, you're just, you, you avoid the subject by not dealing with it at all. And that's another kind of turning your cheek. And this could be also done by, hey, I need to talk to you. No response. I need you to tell me what's going on. No response. And the, you know what they call the silent treatment. To somebody, so you could be, you know, driving together, and you're asking, you know, your parent or a parent is asking child or siblings are asking each other, hey, so how was your day? No answer. What's going on? No answer. Complete silence. And when you give somebody complete silence in their mind, why are they ignoring me? Why aren't they answering anything I'm saying? Are they angry with me? Did I do something wrong? Are they, you know, upset with me? Are they just ignoring me because I don't think I'm worth There's all kinds of negative thoughts that come out, don't, don't they? The point being, if you don't make yourself clear, and you think that you're silent, and your silence could be for good reasons. Oh, I was silent because I was thinking about something, I was lost in thought, I was distracted. Could be something innocent. Or I was silent because I was just thinking of how to respond and I couldn't come up with an answer quickly. Or I couldn't respond because, you know, in fact, I was angry and I was thinking the wrong thing, so I wanted to calm down before I answered. You can do that later, but in the moment when you ignore somebody and not respond to them, it's better for you and I to be straightforward in our speech and say, hey, I don't want to resp I can't respond right now, I'm not feeling okay. Or I don't think my response is going to be healthy at this moment, but we can talk about this a little later. And if you have in family those kinds of situations, it's on me and on you when somebody says that to us to say, I understand, we'll talk about it later. Instead of, what do you mean you can't talk about it right now? The person's already overwhelmed, we poke at them some more <laughs> until they explode. Let them be. Let them be. But if, if you and I start just ignoring a person completely, on they're just not even saying that I need space, not even saying that I need to think about it, not even saying I'm a little bit upset right now, let me just calm down or whatever. If you need to say something, just say it. Or if you say, I don't have a response at the moment, or I don't want to talk about this at the moment, that's okay. But at least you give a dignified response. Silence on its own and just completely ignoring someone is not a dignified response. It's actually an arrogant response. Whether you're being arrogant or not, it will be received as arrogance by somebody else. It'll be received as, I'm not worthy of a response. You think I'm worthless. And that's how it will be perceived. And that can become a form of arrogance. So it's not just about, well, I didn't mean that, so it's okay. It's not just about what you and I mean. It's also about the effect on somebody else's feelings, you see? So it's not always just about intentions. It's also sometimes about unintended consequences. 
and turning our face away from somebody, ignoring somebody, or giving somebody the silent treatment, even if we may have justified reasons, can actually have unintended consequences. And they're being avoided. They're being, so the intention has been removed from the equation just to get away from that habit. Just don't ignore somebody just for the purpose of ignoring them, whatever your reasons are. If you need to ignore them, if you need to take the space, well, even the Quran said, salama." They respond peacefully. Salama can be a hal there too, not just a maf'ul bi. So it could be they respond saying peace. And it could be they respond in a peaceful manner and say, I, you know, we don't want to, you know, you know, we don't want to engage in this conversation further. Or even when Allah says, when they when they walk into a company of conversation or a social gathering in which there is lahu, uh, there's useless talk going on, or there's evil conversation going on, He says, "Marru kirama." They pass by dignified. What that means is they maintain their dignity and they also don't humiliate the people that are doing the wrong thing. They, like they can they can maintain uh, you know a, a sanctimonious approach for themselves and for others. They can actually be dignified for themselves and others, even if they don't want to take part in something wrong. So we have to be mindful of that. But now we come to today's subject matter, what, what Allah connected, these concepts Allah connected with each other. The next advice he's giving his son in the same ayah is, وَلَا تَمْشِي فِي الْأَرْضِ مَرَحَا إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُحِبُّ كُلَّ مُخْتَالٍ فَخُورٍ I'm going to dedicate a little bit of time in this khutbah to two words, marah and fakhur. Those are kind of a little bit difficult words. Um, or rich words, and I don't think we should pass over them quickly. In fact, there are three words. Uh, there's marah, and there is, uh, you know, muhtal, and there's fakhur. So we're kind of getting, muhtal is easier, so we'll give a little bit less time to that. But marah and fakhur are more rare, and uh, I think we need to really dig into what they mean and get the most out of this ayah. So let's talk about this word marah. What is Allah saying? He's saying, don't walk on the earth with marah. So I won't translate that word yet. Don't walk on the earth with marah, right? Now, uh, simple translations might say, don't walk on the earth with arrogance. Don't walk on the earth with pride. Don't walk on the earth with overconfidence. But as we'll see, there's much more to it than that. Um, and that's not even the, the direct implication of the word. So, al-ma'na al-mihwari tasayyubu al-latif wa min athna'i ma yumsikuhu. The overall meaning of the words that come from this root, mim, ra, and ha, is actually when something exits something smoothly or easily. You know, easily exiting one thing from the other. So what are the examples of that? Mizadatun sikul ma. If it's a container, that's, that's mariha from the same word. A marah container is one that water leaks out of it easily. So water now escapes easily from it. Okay? Wa'ardun mimrah, an earth a piece of land that's mimrah is when the plants come out of it very easily. وَقَوْسٌ مَرُوحٌ And a bow is called maruh from the same origin when the arrow goes pretty quick out of it. It releases quickly out of that bow. وَعَيْنٌ مِمْرَاحٌ An eye is called mimrah when it, it's easy for a person, they cry easily. Like the waterworks come out quickly, right? So they say, شَدَّ سَيَلَانُهَا مَرِحَةِ الْعَيْنِ When the eye was having marah, it meant that the, the tears wouldn't stop. They just kept easily flowing and flowing and flowing. bin nabat akhrajathu. The earth, again, plants coming out quickly would be marihatil ard. And then uh, when the, the crop comes out and finally the grain pops open, easily releases, that's also called marah. So, and the, the most interesting use of it is actually used for a horse. So they say, farasun maruh. They say for a horse that is maruh, 
is that when it's grazing, like it's it's so hungry and over hyperactive that it's grabbing some you know grass from here, leaves from there, and running around like crazy because it's so hungry that it's erratic. You can think of it as a person being maruh when they're at a dinner table at iftar time, right? And they've been holding back. And as soon as iftar happens, they're like grabbing stuff, right? They're being maruh. Like, it's almost like they're quickly releasing their hands and grabbing and grabbing at whatever they can. So the overall meaning of this word actually is to be, uh, to be uh, impulsive and to be very quick to act, to be very quick to do something. To, and to, to have no sense of direction. So even that horse is described, يَجْرِي وَيَقْفِزُ وَيَطَّرِبُ هُنَا وَهُنَاكَ لَا يَقِرُّ وَلَا يَسْكُنِ لِمَا أَحْسَهُ مِنْ شَبْعٍ وَقُوَّةٍ وَنَشَاطٍ That the horse that is disturbed, it's moving around, it's not sitting still, it's very jittery because it's feeling hungry. When the father is telling his son, don't walk on the earth with marah, he's saying, don't go hanging out or don't go outside engaging the world because there's times where you're home, Right? And then there's times you go out. You go out for work, you go out to hang out with friends, you go out to get food, whatever it is. Don't leave the home. Don't go anywhere and be impulsive. Oh, I want to do this. Oh, I want to do this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. And you have no purpose in what you're doing. You're jumping from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. You know, a crazy example of that is sometimes there are, of course, there are different cultures in the world, right? So people come from very conservative societies to America. So somebody may have been raised in a very religious or a very traditional, uh, you know, uh, village, or and they may not even be Muslim. They may even be, you know, Hindu or Christian or whatever, but very cultural, conservative background. Or think of a Muslim family and somebody who's raised in this joint family system, and there's a lot of respect for elders. And you watch your speech, and you watch the way you walk, and you watch the way you dress, and the way you sit, and the way you eat. And then they land in America, and they're a student, and they have a student visa, and they're going to the university. And the university has, you know, parties on the weekend and they've got fraternities and they've got, you know, hangouts and the student, the other students in the dorms are doing drugs and everybody's got a relationship of one kind or the other and all kinds of stuff. They're just bombarded with the stuff and somebody can take those values that they were holding on to, but like that bow that releases the arrow without effort, they just let go of all of those values and they just, they got exposed to a new world. And they become marah. And this is a very powerful bit of advice because we have kids, for example, we want to raise them in an Islamic environment, in, the, in a protected, sheltered environment. So whether you live in America, Australia, Lahore, you know, Dhaka, it doesn't matter where you live. You want to protect your kids and you want to make sure that they receive positive reinforcement about this is good for you, this is bad for you. Hey, what are you watching? Hey, where are you going online? Hey, let me see that. Who are you on the phone with? We're, we're checking what they do. It's natural. Right? So we're trying to create a sheltered environment for them, wherever we may be. But you know what? This father realizes they're not going to stay home. These birds are going to fly off the nest. They're going to go outside. And when they go outside, all the things I protected them from, all the things that I didn't want them to just spill into, all the things I didn't want them to be exposed to, they're going to get hit with all of it, all at the same time. They're just going to get over, over the uh, sensory overload. There's going to be so much access to so much wrongdoing and I'm not going to have any control over it. And he's saying in those moments, because now you have the ability, you have the appetite, you have the curiosity, you have the ability, you have the perception of freedom, right? And then and that, especially in that moment when somebody tries to give you good advice, you can turn your cheek. You can just, I don't want to hear this, right? 
So in that moment, you can become impulsive and not think twice about how you're violating others and yourself. And that is a form of arrogance. So by extension, it becomes arrogance. By extension. Because arrogance is a lack of consideration for anybody else but yourself. The word marah here, you know, Hassan Hassan Jabal added an insight of his own, and I really liked his insight in his lexicon. He said, التسيب من القيم والضوابط وعدم عدم الالتزام بها عند وجود القوة والنعمة. He said this is when someone slips out, like the plant slips out of the earth, like the arrow slips out of the bow, like the water slips out of the, the container, right? Is when a person slips out of their value system. Is when someone leaks, you know, they, they, they lose themselves. And the values that were holding them and containing them, they no longer commit themselves to them. It's too e it becomes too easy for them to let them go. It's too easy for them to let them go. And so, and when does it let them go? He says, The moment they find power and blessings. What he means by that is when you're independent and you can do it, who's going to stop me? That's power. Blessings means you got money, you got strength, you got, you, Allah has blessed you with uh, the ability for you know, transportation, your appearance, whatever it may be. Now you've got these blessings, now I can do what I want with them. The father is telling his son, listen, you are going to feel powerful, capable, of doing whatever you feel like, whatever impulse comes to you. And that's gonna be a, a, a trial that you have. But it's interesting that he put these two seemingly unrelated bits of advice next to each other. He said, first, don't turn, don't scoff at people, and then don't be impulsive, basically, right? What, what is the connection between these two? You could, as we contemplate that, we can think about how when we become, you know, we come of age, we basically, the Urdu expression is par right? A person, you know, comes in their own and they kind of, you know, the Urdu expression means they've sprouted wings, meaning they act like they're, Yo, I'm not a kid anymore. I can do, you can't tell me what to do, right? I'm not a baby anymore, dad or mom. So they've, they've become their own person. And in that moment when they become their own person, it is when they become extremely averse, extremely hostile to any kind of advice. And actually, it is a time when because you're hostile to any kind of advice, you develop this shell around you, which is constantly putting others down or dismissing others. The, the modern way of doing that, that captures so many young people around the world that are coming into adulthood, is the word whatever. You whatever everything in the world. Anybody's giving you, you know, whatever. And you don't have to say whatever. You can just say half the syllables and whatever, whatevs. Or you can just roll your eyes. <sighs> mm -hmm. Oh God, here we go again. Or you could just take a deep breath of, of uh, you know, disdain. <sighs> Are you done yet? You could just say that with your face. Are you done giving your lecture yet? Can I just go live my life now? This is la tusa'ir khaddakalinas. You don't have to disrespect someone by raising your voice and getting angry, you could just dismiss someone and dishonor them. And now that you've dismissed them and you can't hear their voice anymore, their advice anymore, now you're left to your own devices. He's, he's, so he's, he's putting those two things together, perhaps because he understands that when a person stops listening to the advice of others, that's when they become impulsive. So having people in our life that can give us advice, that can give us the benefit of their wisdom, 
And keeping an open ear and an open heart towards them is an important part of life. And then, You know, this isn't even spiritual in nature. There are other, kind, other experiences in life that apply to this. Because even Luqman said, لِلنَّاسِ don't scoff away from people. Like I have non-Muslim friends who were into drugs, alcohol, crime, getting in trouble, you know, get, you name it, right? And then later on in school and they hated their teachers, but one teacher decides to give them advice and show them, show them the ropes and say, hey, you're talented in this, maybe you can get a job in this. And that one teacher or that one positive influence and the person turns their life around, right? Because they didn't turn away from that one teacher. You know, this is And had they not had that person, they would have been impulsive and doing all kinds of things and ruining their future. And they look back and say, I saved myself, you know, and I, we look at it as Allah saved this person because they had, a, had someone that they could listen to. You know? So this, this happens in the world, not just in the Muslim sense, but in humanity, this happens. So this, these are the two bits of advice that he starts off the side with. Fine. But beyond that, he says, "Inna Allah la yuhibbu kulla muqtalin fakhur." He says, "Certainly, Allah does not love anyone who is muqtal and fakhur." This is the next two words. By the way, one last comment about the maybe probably in the next week we'll do muqtal and fakhur together because I've taken enough time already. But one last comment about these two words, about the first two words. Well, the first two phrases were turning your face and also being marah, right? Notice in the first of them, Allah mentioned people. لا تصعر خدك للناس So people are mentioned. And in the second one, it's not about people, it's all about you. Is وَلَا تَمْشِي فِي الْأَرْضِ مَرَحَ There's no mention of people. Don't walk on the earth with marah, in a state of marah, and there's no mention of people. What's the, what's the benefit of knowing that? Allah is telling us, the, a person is at the devil's disposal when they have cut themselves off from good people. The devil's whisper comes from this direction, that direction, that direction, and when there's no good people around you, then you are, you are susceptible to this whisper, then this whisper, then that whisper, then that whisper. So the first thing is, don't isolate yourself from good people by dismissing them. That's the first step. And if you are doing that, then you are handing yourself over to these, the, the, the world of evil and negative thoughts that are inside you that can pull you in any direction whenever, especially when you go in the outside world. The strangers that you're going to meet, the people that are going to be in the marketplace, the people that are going to be in, a, you know, in, in the university, on campus, the people that are going to meet at school, the people that are going to be working with you, those are not necessarily people who care about your well-being. They don't care about your well-being. They care about themselves. But... Many of them will represent invitations to do something wrong. Right? So those people will have some allure to them, and you'll be drawn towards them, but they don't mean well for you. And you'd rather hang out with people that don't criticize you, so you don't want to be around anyone who keeps it real with you, and tells it to you like it is. So people who tell you like it is, you just want to keep your distance from them. You've already, you know, sa'arta khaddaka linnas. You've already turned your cheek away from them. Now you become Then that second bit of advice comes. So it's actually doesn't matter how what a social butterfly you are. It doesn't matter how many online friends you have and how many people know you and how popular you are, or you can make friends anywhere you go. Those kinds of people that are super outgoing and have friends everywhere, watch out because sometimes their their worst connections are the people closest to them. <laughs> 
The people closest to them are the ones they dismiss the most, ignore the most. They're so nice outside, so horrible inside. And that's actually, be, that, that's, that's a kind of fake life. That's a kind of fake set of connections. And that's actually what's going to be commented on in that last comment where Allah says, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُحِبُّ كُلَّ مُخْتَعَلٍ فَخُورٍ So we'll wrap up that discussion inshallah ta'ala in uh, next khutbah. Uh, because I, I certainly didn't want to rush through these phrases and these ayat because I think they're of value and it's something that we should really think about for ourselves. And the young people that are listening, you know, I, I don't want myself or you to hear these words and say, man, I can think of somebody that this applies to 100%. Man, is he talking about... He, cause, and then you're sharing it with your cousin saying, look, here's a, here's a khutbah about Bushra, our cousin. Or, look, this is a, I think this is about you. Somebody sends a... And you, you can use khutbahs for insults. <laughs> this is about you, I think. You should really listen to it. You know, this is the height of the problem. Because this is you, ironically, turning, scoffing at people, turning your cheek away from people. As if the ayat are about them, a criticism of them, and they have nothing to do with me. I pray Allah allows me to look in the mirror, to find these faults in myself and address them. And I pray Allah allows all of you to look in the mirror and find those faults in yourselves and address them for yourselves. And I pray Allah protects our young uh, generation from these kinds of character flaws and makes them a better example for the world than we could ever be. Barakallahu li wa lakum fil Qur'an al-Hakim wa nafa'ni wa iyaakum bil ayati wa dhikr al-Hakim. Alhamdulillahi wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi al-ladhin as-safa khususan ala afdalihim wa khatam al-nabiyyin Muhammadin al-Amin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Qala Allahu azza wa jal fi kitabihi al-kareem بعد أن أقول أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد عباد الله رحمكم الله اتقوا الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر ولا ذكر الله أكبر الله يعلم ما تصنعون أقم الصلاة إن الصلاة كانت على المؤمنين كتابا موقوتا